0: Hi, this is Kenneth Johnson, creator of Alien Nation, and you're listening to the Dead TV Podcast. new episode in the first episode i believe of 2023 of the dead tv podcast coverage of alienation i am dr chris and i'm mr zedica and if you have been following us we've been uh a bit delayed on it but we are now back in full force for 2023 still stuck in 1989 which we can never escape from um if you go (laughs) over to the dead tv podcast page by the way uh, for Friday the 13th this year because we've covered it so long ago I posted in, uh, our in, interview up with Fred Mollen, who was the composer Mollen, who was the composer of the Friday the 13th television series um, as well as, uh, part seven and eight and forever night. So he also did the movies and the forever night show also reviews of the box set and the individual DVDs, but over on the Friday, the 13th franchise.com website, which has been getting a lot of hits lately because coming to Peacock is crystal Lake Chronicles, a story set before the events of the films involving Pamela Voorhees, I believe, um, A lot of people have been saying, wasn't there a Friday the 13th TV show back in the 80s? Yes. It had nothing to do with Jason.
1: And we've covered it.
0: Yes. And there was a press kit that came out uh, for that show which is probably the greatest-looking press kit I have ever seen. It came in a tombstone. When you lift the top of the tombstone off, I don't know if it was made of styrofoam or wood or whatever. I, I think it was styrofoam. Folders upon folders of pictures and scripts and behind-the-scenes stuff and all of the cast photos and their stills and their, and their uh, lobby cards. Unbelievable press kit for this show. <laughs>
1: amazing i have I never seen
0: that. something like that if i ever obtained one oh my god that'd be awesome
1: how much do you think something like that goes on ebay for
0: i i have never seen one on ebay so i think it's priceless until someone puts it up there <laughs> i i gonna say that someone will throw up there for like 500 to a thousand dollars so anytime you're at your local flea market or yard sale and you see an old styrofoam tombstone go over there and check it out it might be the friday the 13th press kit because they definitely sent out a few dozen of these
1: Yeah, I wonder if any of them survived.
0: Besides the one in the photos, yeah.
1: Correct, yeah, besides that one.
0: Yeah, so. But, uh, yeah, go and look up all of our coverage of Friday the 13th, the series. Um, But in the meantime, we're uh, back in the 80s again for Alienation. And in this episode is entitled The First Cigar.
1: The First Cigar. Alienation Season 1, Episode 6. Originally aired October 23rd, 1989. Francisco comes under scrutiny of the IRS and wrestles with the ethics of asking for a loan from an influential newcomer that he has helped.
0: Yes, and this is setting up also, I think, a plot line that kind of reverberates through the show involving uh, this uh, influential newcomer um, because it comes back to some stuff, I think, that comes around for another episode that we'll be covering.
1: Yeah, the title of this episode, The First Cigar, is really implying that the first gift, like the first step over the line of ethics, just leads you to tumble into ethics violation after ethics violation. And so the first cigar is that first little bit of acceptance of something unethical. Right. And And this
0: newcomer... um, uh, Betsy Ross. Betsy Ross is an overseer, too. She is one of the people that was responsible for the Tatanese um, slavery.
1: Yes, she was. And we're running into a lot of these overseers, and they are nasty customers.
0: Yes, and it comes up uh, even bigger later on in another episode. She, uh, she unfortunately passed away in 2001, but she was a character actress, as far as I can tell, that was in a bunch of stuff like Malice, Critters 3, Diagnosis Murder, Over the Top. But I swear to God, it's really funny to think about. Uh, I, I distinctly remember her as the woman who, 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 give, who gave the president uh, some lip. When he calls the hotline for the White House, and she thinks it's a prank call and says, "Well, it's a federal crime, and I'm gonna turn your call over to whoever and do a do a do a do a uh, trace on the call." Then she realizes she is actually talking to the President of the United States, played by Harrison Ford in Air Force One. Ah. She's the switchboard operator that 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 turns Harrison's call to the to his you know his staff to let him know that you know he's alive. And he has not been captured.
1: (laughs) One of the other actors in this episode, uh, which is a a drug dealer, uh, his name is June Kim. He plays a Korean drug dealer who is kind of up against Betsy Ross in this episode. And he was also in another show that we've covered,
0: War of the Worlds. Right. Um, I do like in the very beginning we get... um, uh, ozone layer deterioration uh, conversation, which was very big in the 80s, because I think it was in the 80s is when we discovered there's a hole in the ozone layer.
1: Yeah, it was discovered, and it was also discovered that freon and um, chloro, sorry, chlorofluoric carbons uh, were the cause of it. And so the chlorofluoric carbons, the CFCs, were banned, and the ozone layer has been repairing itself. And right now, it's estimated that by 2040, the ozone layer will be completely recovered.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. So instead of Freon and CFCs, we now use a hydrofluorocarbons as refrigerations.
0: Okay, you say we do. You're talking about me and you as United States citizens of America.
1: I'm saying the world.
0: Oh, even China and Russia who don't give a shit?
1: Well, the, the phase out of uh, the CFCs was kind of a global pursuit.
0: Oh, so, okay. So, so even now the, communists the HFCs are, behind it.
1: are the re- replacement for the refrigerants.
0: Okay, because, I mean, God, you always hear about how we're trying to do our part, but communist countries do not care about the environment as much as the rest of the world does.
1: I mean, that is true in some part, but this was a global effort.
0: Okay, that's good. That's good to know. Glad we could all agree on something and not, you know, <laughs> um, invade <laughs> yeah, other countries and not... bullshit. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, we, we learned something about cops, too, which I have seen this before, and I've been in the presence of police officers, and police officers getting handouts from citizens, and George doesn't feel as it's right but Matt will take full advantage of it because you know, it's just the kind of copy he is. And there's nothing bad with it. It's not a bribe. It's just, you know, a lot of people do know cop- most cops are good people and trying to do their job diligently and with upholding the law truthfully. And they reward them with stuff like this. But George is like, no, this is wrong. Makes Matt feel like a piece of crap about it.
1: <laughs> I mean... It- It is that that little slide of, like, what type of gift can you receive as a policeman and have it be okay? A meal here and there seems to be okay, but honestly, if you were to, you know, ask the IRS about it, the IRS would have different opinions, and that's one of the struggles that George goes through
0: in this episode. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. you got to question how long, what, ten ten years the Tatanese were in, like, captivity on Earth, or something for, right? I think it was five years. Okay, it was five years. So in five years, he would rack up that much debt with the IRS without having a social security number? I mean... No, no, no. Like, <laughs> he's... In the episode, it was the last three years that uh, were being okay. audited. All right, gotcha. Okay. So um, he,
1: had, he had a total of 2,400 in IRS taxes and fees that he was stressing about this entire episode. And I do have to say that... Alien Nation, just as a show in general, holds up. So, like, even the amount of 2400 that amount would put a stress on anyone, even in today's money situation. Like, like in today's money, $2,400 is actually $5,664. So, it's still a lot of money, but even 2400 seems like a lot of money today.
0: $2,000 owing to the IRS is still a lot of money. I mean, unless yeah. you're making, like... Unless you're making like a hundred thousand dollars or whatever, you know, it's it's and it it's it's a lot of money no matter what to owe to the IRS. Unless you're yeah. a millionaire, then it's then it then it's a lot of money. So
1: uh, I've I've actually owed the IRS a double that amount, oh. before, and it's it's a nightmare. It oh. really is.
0: Thankfully, so like every,
1: t- every time every time Psych says you know uh, just just do what they say, grovel grovel to the IRS. Like yeah, you kind of have to do
0: that um buck gets a job working for an alien hustler that is basically it's it's timeshares with aliens
1: yeah they're they're basically buying options to have properties on this tectonese village space yeah. and it sounds amazing it sounds wonderful and these are like you know, for any sort of new development, they development, they try to sell the properties before the development is actually made. And this seems to be one of those things. But the only difference is that there is no property and this is a complete scam. But how would you know that? You know, this seems like any sort of development, you know, you're selling plots of land, you're selling homes. And it seems legit until the entire place just Packs up and leaves leaving leaving him to just kind of hold the bag and emily's money she she invested a hundred dollars in this, and she did not get anything for that
0: no he um he conned his own his own sister um but he
1: did but he didn't know he was conned just as much because he didn't even get his first paycheck
0: yeah, which means it's like it, it this whole thing being like less than a week, it was very rushed.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, but, I mean, honestly, if that were a legitimate business, Buck would be so thriving in this. He was doing so well. I was so proud of seeing him get his life together, and then,
0: shoot, he's scammed. George feels really angry when he finds out the bad guys have millions of dollars, and he owes the IRS $2,000.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Sykes like goes, go ahead, take take a couple thousand, you know, no one's going to miss it out of that million. <laughs> and George struggles with it he, he wants to take that money but he doesn't you know he's ethical
0: that reminds me of uh of a scene from a uh, Batman the Long Halloween where uh Harvey Dent and Batman find the uh, warehouse full of uh um uh, the warehouse full of the mob's money and he's just like you know if we were two other guys like we're not Harvey he goes yeah but i got a mortgage to pay we're not Harvey he's like all right uh. <laughs> And he kicks and by the way, that is the scene in the Dark Knight the Dark Knight where the Joker burns the pile of money for the mobs. That was taken from the long Halloween. But it's Batman and Harvey Dent that burn the pile of money.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Yeah, for whatever reason they decided to do it with the Joker instead of Harvey and Batman and Gordon. Now Batman, now Harvey and Batman do it behind Gordon's back and they don't tell him. They just say, Oh, there was a fire at the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> um it's also basically okay. So it's either it's 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 this whole thing, by the way, reeks of either telemarketing pyramid scams or um, uh, timeshare with the Tatanese. That's that's the what I wrote down in my notes.
1: Yeah, I mean it is a scam. You know, this could be interpreted as you know they're selling pieces of property and options on properties, but really this type of setup could be for you know micro cap investing stocks. Uh, pyramid schemes, health scams—you know any sort of telemarketing scam. This type of setup would be, you know, perfect for that. It's an illustration of what all of these types of things typically do. You get people on the phone, you pressure them into sales, you you glorify what they're going to get out of it. Oh, this property is 1,500 miles away from the ocean, so there's no salt water. There's plenty of fresh fish in the li- in the rivers and the lakes, and there's no odor of people cooking food. Like, it sounds like an alien haven, uh, but it was all a scam.
0: Yeah. Um, in the Kathy-Matt subplot line, Kathy needs Matt's help.
1: Yeah, she's got a broken sink.
0: Yep. And uh he should know something about it being a human and a man that's basically <laughs> what it is because he's a man, not because he's a human, because he's a man
1: <laughs> well, you know, when she asks if he has a tool and he kind of looks at her like uh uh oh like, <laughs> um, like, that was hilarious That's like hilarious. this show definitely holds up
0: yeah this is uh this is the uh this is the you're hot for your neighbor, you want a bang her, you don't know if you." You, you know, should cross the line because your neighbors and it would make it awkward later on. Um there's uh the best use the best the best use of this ever is um Captain America uh the Winter Soldier. Are, do you know what scene I'm talking about? I saw the movie but I'm not sure what scene you're talking about. Woman is um uh, Agent 13 uh Sharon Carter. He doesn't know who this is yet. It's like, uh, what he sees her carrying laundry and goes, what's wrong? And he goes, Oh, laundry in my, uh, my, uh, the, I got a, the, the washer in my, in my unit broke. And he's like, you know, you can always use mine. You don't have to go all the way to the laundromat. And she's like, what it will. Oh, really? What will it cost me? A cup of coffee. and then later on after uh, Fury is shot and she's just like Captain Rogers I'm Agent 13 Sharon Carter with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. later on in the hallway at work or whatever she goes Captain Carter he goes neighbor (laughs) (laughs) Uh, sorry she says uh, Captain Rogers and then he says neighbor (laughs) Mm. like uh, like he says a cold and then she gives him back the cold eye like okay I guess I deserve that (laughs) I was put there to spy on you (laughs) yeah (laughs) Excuse me. Um, The captain and George have some debate on what to do with Betsy. Yeah, like serious, like insubordination kind of debate.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, in the beginning, Betsy seemed to be just a concerned citizen. You know, wants to get drugs off the streets, and uh, it's this one drug that addicts both newcomer and human and it's called jack or jacks and it's a uh, johanna Friend. and then it turns out as they keep doing busts of these big named uh, drug operations but yet the drugs continue to remain on the streets so it's found out that betsy ross is actually kind of just doling out information on her competitors because she is the one that's the ringleader of bringing all this drugs into the newcomer communities and so all the acts of kindness that she gave to george the loaning of money the gifts of the tv you know it's supposed to be a gift from the heart and all it really is is just buying off george without him even knowing it
0: right because she is an overseer and she's all it's it's leading to some bad news later on, and uh, George, when he hears finds out that she's an overseer, his demeanor completely changes because these were the people that enslaved him. These were, you know, this is the these are the people that are responsible for why they're on Earth and not on on Tatini.
1: Yeah, these are torturers. Uh, they kill people, buy and sell them, uh, cut off body parts, take their children away from them, split up families, like. Everything that you have heard from American slavery is happening here, and so the amount of just anger that you see on George's face well, is let, real.
0: Let's not even get. Let's not even. Let, yes, American slavery, uh, bad. Very important Juneteenth <laughs> uh, holiday coming up uh, now—a federal holiday that you get off too, by the way. Uh, let, let's also go for a more recent thing: the Japanese internment camps. Oh, yeah, and what Trump did with the uh separated the kids from the parents what what nationality was that was that from Mexico? Uh, I mean?
1: honestly think it was just anyone brown
0: uh okay, yeah, so that also reverberates with this show too, not to get political people, but uh it's yeah <laughs> that it's slavery
1: it's, is very it, it is a very huge topic within alienation because it drives a lot of the plot lines, the overseers continually become the bad guys and the villains in these episodes. Right. And so we just can't completely stay away from the topic of slavery because it is so ingrained in this show. Right. Totally. Totally.
0: And then it does end on a happy note, despite all the overseer nonsense, Kathy and Matt exchange wine and milk.
1: Yeah. Which yeah. is basically
0: like he drinks wine and sour milk is what gets them drunk. Yeah. So, uh, and
1: the IRS had made a mistake and george and susan only owe four hundred dollars not two thousand four hundred dollars they are quite relieved by the end of the episode
0: that's all the notes i have for i have here for this episode that's all the notes i have well we'll take a quick break play a spot from another podcast real quick and then we'll come back on halloween night in the middle of january for the night of the screams cheers cast the podcast where everybody knows your name slide up to the bar alongside Ryan Daly and a rotating cast of guest hosts as they celebrate the long-running, award-winning television series, one hilarious episode at a time. New episodes of Cheerscast drop every Thursday, part of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. What smells like shoe polish? Be quiet, we have a promo to do. I'm Jeff Ferry, and this is my hetero podcast mate Chris Durkacz, and we are the hosts of the Jay and Silent Bob Minute. We break down the Kevin Smith films featuring Jay and Silent Bob one minute at a time, starting with Clerks. I have a hockey game at 12. Chris, please. So, if you've ever worked a dead-end job behind the counter discussing Star Wars while slinging coffee, nudie mags, and cigarettes... Cancer merchant! Cancer merchant! Settle down! Or if you ever leaned outside a convenience store, secretly hated all your customers, or closed your place of business to attend a funeral, you should join us at Jane Silent Bob Minute on DuelingGenre.com as we discuss the milkmaids, berserkers, and the significance of the number 37. In a row? Come for the clerks and stay for the rest of the Jane Silent Bob Minute fun. Right, Chris? I'm not even supposed to be here today. And we're back with the Night of the Screams, a Halloween episode of Alienation, which I knew they had one. Here on the Dead TV podcast.
1: Night of the Screams, season one, episode seven of Alien Nation. Originally aired October thirtieth, nineteen eighty nine. As Halloween approaches, a series of newcomer murders seem to follow the pattern of a Tectonese myth.
0: We open up with a uh, alien used car salesman.
1: <laughs> yeah, a used car and he's really selling it too. Yeah. <laughs> this this black couple is just about to buy the car, or at least thinking about buying the car. And then he opens the trunk, and there's a dead body. Yep. A dead newcomer body.
0: Uh, Emily introduces Susan to carving up a pumpkin, which she finds to be horrific, but it's... Uh, I, I don't know. Did they talk to plants all of a sudden that I wasn't aware of, or fruit? Well, or... they do, the tectonies do
1: have a reverence for the living vegetation so like plants you you would never send a bouquet of cut flowers to a tectonese person that's sick you would send a potted plant because they feel that the the entire life energy of the plant or the creature helps aid the recovery of a person so susan doesn't quite know what to do about uh this pumpkin because of course it is dead since it's off the vine so she washes it because it they wash all their vegetables. But uh, Emily is like, well, we're not going to eat it. We're going to make a face on it. And, and, and Emily just is tickled pink about scraping out the, the pumpkin guts and all this horror stuff around Halloween. And uh, she's wanting to go to a Halloween party. But she doesn't quite know how to bring it up to her parents yet.
0: Right. What is And, and uh, I missed in my notes, what does she dress up as for Halloween?
1: Well, she dressed up as an overseer, and that freaked out George so badly. He was hurting her trying to, to scrub off the overseer marker on her arm. Right. And Susan had to remind him that she doesn't know. She has never really known the evil of the overseers. She, she just wanted a scary costume, and she knew that George was scared of the overseers.
0: Did you so, ha- yeah. Did you happen to notice what guest star is in this episode? But not quite a big star yet. However, he—I think at, the, at around this time he would have done um, Wes Craven's uh, Shocker. Oh, really? Mitch Pileggi is in this episode from The X Files. Oh. He was Walter Skinner. That's true. But 1989, uh, around the time that this episode would have aired. Uh, Wes Craven's Shocker would have come out where he played Horace Picker, a uh, a uh, a man sent to the electrical chair but brought back to life after being sent to the electrical chair. A serial killer uses electricity to come back from the dead and carry out his vengeance on the football player who turned him into the police.
1: Ah, I didn't recognize him in the newcomer outfit. Mm. You know, he's got all the makeup on as since he plays Jean Paul Sartre in this episode.
0: Correct. And he uh was on uh he's uh, he's been on uh he's bon, he's Bonham Walker currently on Walker, which is uh Jared Padalecki's television show. Mm. Uh, nice. among the, the dozen of other things he's always done, he'll probably always be known as Walter Skinner on the X Files. <laughs> yeah.
1: We also have a Tectonese that's called Paul Revere. Yes, (laughs) who's played by David Opatushu, who died in 1996.
0: Um, We also have an actor who uh, was—I'm trying to find his Um, name—the chubby actor in the scene. um, He's got like really big, full head of hair. He's in the morgue scene. He's kind of an ordinary, you know, kind of a rude cop, chubby. Oh, um, yes, he was an actor from The Thing.
1: And... John John Carpenter's The Thing.
0: Yes, and he was also in, uh, Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, and he was also a, uh, racist, um, uh, security guard at a college in, uh, higher learning, which had, like, Omar Epps and Ice Cube and, uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Jennifer Connelly and, um, you know a lot of a lot of up and coming actors. Uh, Kristen, um, uh, uh, Kristen, oh, I forgot her name, but she was Buffy the Vampire Slayer in the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, a lot of up and coming actors in this movie, and he has a prominent role in that too. But a lot of times, he always plays this kind of like curmudgeon-y, jackass character, cop, or a racist, or an abusive father. that
1: that's. That actor's name is Charles Hallahan.
0: Yes. Okay. Thank you. That's what I was trying to uh, trying to uh, trying to figure out. Um, I, I don't. Uh, shoot. Hold on a second. My thing is closing on me. I closed the wrong screen. Hold on. Where is he in the IMDb? I'm trying to find it right now.
1: Oh, he wasn't in the IMDb. I had to go to The Thing's IMDb to
0: pull up his name. That's crazy. I just saw The Thing at the drive-in last night. Oh, and that's why you recognized him? Yeah. Okay, that's weird. Uh, By the way, I want to point out that Matt and Kathy's apartment looks a lot like apartments in the Boston area. (laughs) When Matt is walking down the hallway with the blue apartments and there's nothing on the wall, and it's just like the red doors with the numbers, they look a lot like certain apartments here in the Boston area. Yeah, so it's very unusual Kathy tells Matt A Halloween story Yes, about Tagdot. Yes, which is the creature In question that they believe is doing All these killings, but while Matt Is getting this information from the woman uh, His neighbor, George goes to Visit an old uh, uh, Tatanese alien Who's Got wise wage, uh, Wisdom about this creature the yeah, of Uncle Mudri
1: is also in this episode who relays a bit of the tale as well.
0: The Tata's, Tata's the legend. The night of the Screams. The title of the episode comes from a legend that the Tatanese tell each other.
1: Yeah, it's, it's Tagdot, Koha, mm-hmm. and he rises amongst his people on the third rotation of the equinox. And the, when the praxial sun is in line, evil consumed by
0: madness, George calls him the Booger Man. Matt has to correct him. No, it's the Boogeyman. Boogeyman, yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> Kathy
1: has a flashback.
0: It and... would have been, by the way, I just want to point out, it would have been funnier if they... Uh, so what network is Alienation owned by? Do we know? Is it Universal or Paramount?
1: Uh, I don't know off the top of my head.
0: It would have been more funnier if Emily dressed up as one of the creatures that is owned by the same network that owns the TV show. You know, I... God, I'm trying to look it up right now. I think it's I, I,
1: this. This is too early in the in the mythos of television to have meta
0: jokes. No, nah, nah, I don't know.
1: I, oh well. Yeah, they, they did do meta jokes in the early '90s. Uh, yeah,
0: I guess you're right. There was no. I mean, there was SNL, but that was a that was sketch comedy, so that's completely different. And, uh, yeah. the, and you're right. The Simpsons had just actually started this year. In fact, the Simpsons at, at this point wouldn't even have started yet because I I don't they. They were only on the Tracy Ullman show, and nobody even knew who they were, but they weren't doing the meta jokes on the Tracy Ullman show. Nope. No. But, uh, so, yeah, you're right. We weren't quite there yet. I think it was the 90s where that st- really started. And, again, I think it goes back to The Simpsons.
1: I think it was, like, mid-90s. I remember shows getting a little bit more meta. And now there's a lot of shows that are meta.
0: Can you believe there's a Simpson podcast? that cover every episode. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the flashback that kathy has where she wakes up screaming and it kind of goes along with the whole night of the screams title
0: but which matt hears and busts in like a white knight in shining armor
1: yeah because he thinks that she's being accosted and she's screaming cop, bloody murder
0: but not just because he's a cop because he wants to you know get with kathy you know <laughs> he cares for her i'm sure <laughs>
1: But one of the things that all these bodies have in common is that their hands have been cut off. And in Kathy's dream, she sees uh, someone bringing her a metal bowl. And in that metal bowl is a pair of severed hands. And it, it totally screws her over. The entire episode, she's trying to overcome this intense fear that she has because she explains how on the ship they had this gas that was controlling them. But in order to overcome that, they would try to have a force of will to just get over the effects of the gas. And so the overseers, to combat that, they would scare them using their old legends and myths. And so, yeah, they showed her a bowl of severed hands and then probably said to her that uh, Dot is going to come for you. So the followers of Dot are still kind of around and they were on the ship. In this episode, it's not the followers of TagDot. It is actually one person, and that is the character Paul Revere, this old man who has it out and is tracking down the overseers, just like someone tracking down Nazis that ran away to Argentina or
0: Portugal. That's a TV series right now called The Hunters. It's on Prime. Exactly. It stars um, Al Pacino, I think, right?
1: I have not seen it yet.
0: Okay, yeah, it's the second season just launched on Prime, but uh yeah, that's about um it takes place in the 70s or the 80s, which would fit for when to track down old Nazis because at mm-hmm. that point the Nazis would be easier to track down because they're, you know, getting up in their age whereas today they're pretty much dead. To do what they're basically they're doing on uh here. Yeah, and,
1: and he's tracked down over a dozen overseers, has their names and addresses because he was a library researcher. And he's just going down the line and killing them by basically drugging them just enough so that they're incapacitated but still alive and still conscious so that they know what they did was wrong, and he slices off their hands and leads them to bleed to death.
0: Gee, this also reminds me of a TV show that was on Showtime for, what, eight seasons and then came back for a revival about a Miami cop? Which, which show is that? Dexter. Oh, this sounds exactly like Dexter. <laughs> eh, maybe I don't know. You never. I watched... only saw the first season. Oh, okay, but so you get the gist of like the, the the rest of the premise of the show. I recommend, by the way, if you do want to get back to Dexter, don't watch past season five. It get it went right downhill. since after there, a lot of fans will agree. But uh, watch through season five. It's, it's season five's ending had a capper to the show that it should have been the capper. But they went three more seasons and ruined it. But uh, yeah, give it another chance. OK, but that's all when, it, when I have, I have, have my, ah. you know,
1: my glorious free time <laughs> of which I have very little.
0: You have plenty of free time. You just need to. Have I time. do
1: not. <laughs> I'm starting up a nightclub. I'm doing parties. I have a munch. I do all sorts of things. And I do decor like I have so much on my plate that I am have to say an apology to our listeners that I am not as you know, present with this show and doing the editing and all of that anymore simply because I have just so much going on in the Philadelphia area. It's going to be amazing in twenty twenty
0: three. You just need time management, that's all.
1: <laughs> and lots and lots of assistance. That's you, what I need. I need lots you need. You need, of
0: assistance. Alright, I'll move I'll I'll work cheap. I'll move up to Philadelphia and, you know, take a year off from my corporate job
1: oh i mean you know if you're going to work at my nightclub you know wednesday through saturday we're going to be open it'll be a permanent dungeon space in the philadelphia area called sns dungeon and you can look at it online uh sns that's sam nancy sam dungeon.com and yeah i'm going to be doing a lot of parties
0: that's fantastic so i don't
1: have a lot of free time (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, that's all the notes I have for for this Halloween themed episode.
1: The only other note that I have is uh, Emily got really, really good at bobbing for apples.
0: Yes, she was practicing that uh, when when George walks in and it's like, what, what 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 is my daughter doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he's yeah, very it's... casual, nonchalant about it. Like, I I don't get I'm what just, what is this hum- what is this human apples? thing?
1: <laughs> yeah, and and then a, at the very end of the episode, a really nice you know closure to the episode a newcomer child approaches the door rings the doorbell and when george opens it she has her costume which is basically a large dummy of tag dot you know and then she opens the the cloak and it's just her and she's like trick-or-treat and george is scared and then tickled that it's just a costume and just showers her with candy and that showers her with candy and that's the end of the episode and it's delightful you Did know paul revere never got his comeuppance though because he ended up killing himself and he didn't get arrested for killing all those overseers there's a bit of conflict that george had with arresting them or not arresting him allowing him to kill the overseers or not and uh you know that decision kind of gets taken out of his hands when paul revere kills himself
0: gotcha and that's all I have. That's all I have too. Where can people find us online?
1: Uh you can find us at Dead T V podcast on Facebook, uh, Twitter accounts, S G S A V at uh Twitter and is that right? <laughs> and Elegantly Kinky on Twitter.
0: And our Facebook page, the Dead T V podcast as well. Yep. And also, you can send us an email at the dead. T- uh, sorry, not that. Not the Dead TV podcast. Uh, that radioheart at gmail dot com. That will go to the Dead TV podcast. Uh, there was a new review for twenty three. The first oh, we have a new review. Yes, we we had one iTunes review in twenty one. We had no iTunes reviews in twenty two that I was aware of uh, in America. However, overseas we do have iTunes reviews. We have. 15 from Darius countries uh, but only like two of them have comments so it's rather unusual trying to look up Apple podcast for pre- a preview for podcasts they don't show you all of them all over the world they only show you the ones local to your area so but I had to do, do we have any that
1: we can uh, speak on camera
0: uh, Yeah, it says, great, love the depth they go into with additional information regarding other things the actors do seamlessly. Uh, This was from 1923 from uh, Kristen13.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Kristen.
0: But the other ones, again, only have two comments and we've read them before, so, but the okay. number it was changed from 10 to 15 since the last time I looked, so there's 15 reviews in other parts of the planet. There's just no nothing to read about them, so that's nice. Okay. Here. But there was uh there was another review, but there was no comment left, so uh, I know that for fact because the number went from 19 to 21 for uh, podcast reviews. And then there was the email, which I've already read, and that was pretty much it. Somebody did comment on uh, when we had um Kenneth on the show about, mm-hmm. or it was Eric, how we didn't bring up some show that they did or movie robot wars or something and i just didn't seem to i'd never seen it so i didn't really mean to you know comment on it so
1: please leave us a comment we love and injo- we love hearing them yep or at well, least i love hearing them i don't know about dr chris but <laughs> uh, i'm
0: uh, i'm i'm good either way but uh, that's all the time we have for this episode we'll be back in a couple weeks with another exciting episode of the dead tv podcast of alien nation